We wanted to let you know that on the 27th of February, our very own David Breer and Sam Moore will square off in a fintech face-off, joined by some very special guests, including Bo Hartman, Richard Davies, Sarah Kachansky, and Bill Sullivan. It'll be Europe versus the US, facing off in a transatlantic debate to decide who's the best for fintech. It'll be live streamed, hosted by Capgemini and LinkedIn. Don't miss out. You can sign up at faceoff.11fs.com to watch the fight and back either side. That's faceoff.11fs.com. Who's going to win? Welcome to a very special edition of Fintech Insider Insights. I'm Simon Taylor, and today we're bringing you a show with a difference. A couple of months ago, our 11FS CEO, David Breer, was invited to be a judge of Tech City UK's Fintech for All competition. This was a nationwide competition in 2017 to find fintech startups that make financial services work for everyone. As well as some fantastic entrants and eventual winners, this event got us thinking about the wider implications of financial inclusion and what the competition really highlighted was exactly that. Therefore, we felt a need to do a podcast to delve into this properly and to give it a proper feel. So joining me to discuss this further, I have Laura Coffey. Have I said that name right? You have indeed, yeah. Thank you. Who is head of fintech at Tech City. Thank you for being with us, event organiser. Thanks for having us here. We're excited to be in the room with you, Simon. It's an exciting time. And uh, Gregoire Mikel, if I said that right? The first part was right. The oh. second, uh, I have a 50%. Uh, it's Gregoire Michel, but you can, let's go with Greg. Oh, Greg works for me. And you are Senior Program Manager at Tech City UK. I am. That bit I got right. So what, 75% on average? I think I, my average is up. That's a good GPA, right? Uh, Miles Deborah, who is Evolution Grant Manager at the Money Advice Service. Miles, thanks for being with us. No worries. I think you've, you've come down probably to 75, what, 50% now oh. of accuracy. It's Evaluation Grant Manager. Sorry. Evaluation <laughs> Grant Manager. What did I say? E- evolution. I mean, that's a grand title, but um, not, not the one that I can, I can claim. And lastly, I'm going to butcher your name. I'm sorry. Please say it for me. <laughs> I'm uh, Viraj Atani. I'm the CEO and founder of Pocket. Uh, Viraj, we're very delighted to have you. And of course, you're a competition winner. Yes, we are. Very proud of it. So great to be here. Thank you. Uh, so um, why don't we just get in before we go into the uh, competition? Laura, could you tell us a little bit about Tech City UK and, and who you are and what you do? And maybe, Greg, you could join in with that as well. Yeah, I'm sure Greg will jump in. Um, so Tech City UK has been around for about seven years. We are actually about to evolve into something called Tech Nation. So we are rebranding, we're evolving and growing from April, which is really exciting. Um, and our remit is to move uh, the UK from a series of standalone tech hubs towards a powerful national network of uh, connected connectivity, towards a powerful national network of connectivity, which will uh, ensure the UK remains at the top of the global tech rankings. Very, very cool. Um, So, uh, Greg, is there anything you'd add to that or is that the the perfect soundbite, do you think? I think she's covered it all, Um, but definitely Tech City sees itself, if you want, as a builder of a pipeline of very strong, uh, high-growth digital businesses. Um, and we do this through uh, events, we do this, this through programs and any sort of other help uh, at a different stage of the evolution of companies. And we're looking forward to doing this even more better throughout the country. 
Fantastic. So, um, Miles, tell us a little bit about what you do at the Money Advice Service. Cool. So I am one of the uh, evaluation grant managers for the What Works Fund at the Money Advice Service. Um, and essentially the What Works Fund was set up to test the effectiveness of financial capability interventions around the country. So those are things like um, citizens advice bureau uh, sessions with people delivering money advice uh, and guidance. Those are also... Um, as, as we'll talk about some of the fintech organizations that we've been trying to work with as well, including Pocket. But yeah, there's a lot of, lot of good work. Financial education is also included in some of that work as well. Absolutely a need for that without question. And Viraj, uh, tell us a little bit about Pocket. Sure. So um, we're building a digital bank uh, focused on financially underserved and uh, unbanked and low-income consumers. Uh, we've started off in the UK, so we um, offer a full current account uh, to our customers, plus uh, international money transfers. Uh, plus, we've also just started um, a, our first sort of entry into lending towards the the back end of last year, and we are now sort of going to be going into a variety of other financial services to make sure we can cater to the needs of our um, of our customers. We have about. 270,000 customers now in the UK. Um, so we've been growing pretty quickly. It's a pretty exciting phase. I think that, you know, the, the sort of what's next for us is really kind of just continuing to scale up and also continuing to offer new products and services to um, this segment of customers because what they need is quite unique and we're, and we're very focused on that. Excellent. Uh, so with a good summary now of, of uh, kind of what everybody does, uh, Laura, uh, could you tell us about the FinTech for All competition? Tell us a little bit about what that was and what were its aims? Love to. So the FinTech for All competition was actually announced in the government's digital strategy last year. Um, and the government really wanted to shine a light on what was happening on uh, all the contribution that FinTechs were making to financial inclusion across the UK. So really important issue. Um, stats on financial inclusion, you'll know them better than I do, uh, Miles, but they're one in five people in the UK can't understand a bank statement. Uh, two in five have just uh, only £100 in savings. One in six is experiencing serious difficulties as a result of debt. So fintech is doing some amazing work to improve that situation and we wanted to hunt down the very best fintech organisations across two categories, established fintechs and newcomers. So we set up the competition and went live in November last year. Fantastic. So were you uh, surprised by the number you mentioned there, um, newcomers and established companies? What was the balance like and was there a surprise in, in how that balance played out? Yeah, so we had uh, quite a lot of surprises in the uh, entrance to the competition. So we had almost 30% of entrants outside of London. Now, given that London has, I think, about 80% of fintech businesses in the UK, that seemed extraordinary to us. So we're really happy to have uh, the breadth of applications from right across the country. We had 60% of newcomer applicants and 40% of established companies. So that was quite surprising to us. We were also surprised by the total volume of applications. So we had more than 85 applications received and we were expecting less than half of that. Pretty impressive. Um, so mix of geographies, mix of companies. Uh, what were the key highlights? Were there some winners that couldn't join us on the show? Can you give us a flavor for what it was like being there? Yeah, so happy to. Um, and happy to speak uh, about Mon- uh, Monzo. I'm not happy to speak about Monzo. Speak about Monzo, like Monzo. Jason's listening, I'm sure. <laughs> Close name, exactly. Hi, Jason. Mespo. Uh, and unfortunately, Lucas, who is another one of the w- winner alongside uh, Virash, couldn't uh, make it today. I'm pretty sure he's uh, with us in thought. Uh, but basically, Mespo uh, was a um, an intelligent advisor in your pocket 
allowing you to basically save automatically and identify places where on your recurring payment, for example, you could save money. Um, so that goes, they are attacking this through uh, energy bills at the moment, but then will become more kind of your uh, personal assistant to try and uh, be more confident with uh, your money. And they understand the market very, uh, very clearly. So, uh, so it's a shame he couldn't be here, but um, they're absolutely great product and company. And we're seeing a trend of these applications that try and help you uh, manage your money, but also try and get ahead of it for you, try and take the administration out of it and make suggestions. And that's what's so great about Mespo, actually, is that it really aligns its success with customers saving money. So it only charges 10% of what customers actually save, which is really, really uh, makes it on the side of the customer. A revenue share in your own savings and your own customer value. That's an interesting business model. One thing also to note, and which is something that both Mespo and um, Pocket Share is a very deep understanding of their clients. And also the, the, they've integrated the knowledge that you can't just do fintech applied to a different uh, segment uh, in the sense of you can't just rehash the new you, the product that you have and rebrand it for uh, this customer segment. You really need to understand what these people go through and both companies really understand their clients incredibly well and I'm sure that Viraj will be able to tell us more about this but this is this is really key for that segment yeah no I think so because uh, Viraj I mean yes you won this competition um, I'm curious to know what that meant to you but I'm also curious to understand how you did that how you got to understand the needs of the customer yeah sure so I mean look I think winning the competition was was very meaningful for us this is obviously you know a, a huge part of our vision and our mission um, from from what we're doing and so being recognized for having an impact in that area um, is is massively important so we're so we're very proud of that um, in terms of understanding the customers um, I mean we've spent a huge huge amount of time uh, in the homes of our customers getting customers into uh, our office um, and spending a lot of time with us there um, to really kind of get into the the, the, the sort of the nitty-gritty of the way they think about their money and it's very different to the way most of you know us around this table will think about it and most of the population so I think there's it's it's really about understanding and and having a willingness to kind of get into that level of depth um, and then base your product design your pricing your strategy all around that um, all around that data and that information that you get and so when you know uh, before we um, when we were in beta you know one of the sort of interesting stories we kind of you know like to share is we 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 spend a lot of time kind of thinking how do you price a financial services product and it's sometimes quite tricky because you know especially with this segment of of, of, of customers is they they don't like complicated charging structures they don't like percentages they don't like monthly fees you know a lot of these things are sort of quite um sort of scary for them um and so we sort of really kind of drill down to thinking about okay well it should be pairs you use um, and we charge sort of 99p for certain interactions with our product and then a bunch of stuff is free and the reason we chose 99p is because it's retail pricing it's it's pricing that people understand they go into shops they pay things you know that are 99p or 199 and so that concept made it very easy and you know it's one of the biggest reasons customers say they kind of get it take up the product and continue to use it is because of how simple the price is. they understand what they're working with it's meaningful to them and it, and it solves a problem for them and i think that's uh, it's understanding that problem and that job to be done that, that, that becomes really critical i like that you talk about having spent that time with them and having spent the uh, the hours kind of working with them in your office or, or in their homes um miles as, as a sponsor of the competition why is this type of competition important to the money advice service 
honest. The points raised so far, there's some great stats there from Laura, but can you put a human face on, on some of this as well? Yeah, yeah, happy to. Um, so, so I guess, you know, for, for Money Advice Service, it was set up in 2010 by government. Um, and the purpose of us is really to be the financial capability body for the UK. So it is to look out at the market, um, understand customer behaviour, people's ordinary everyday habits. You know, what is it that um, constitutes uh, good financial behaviours? How can we teach those behaviours and who will be those those channels, those mechanisms to, to reach those people? So um, what we've done uh, on, on our on, on our own and, and with uh, the help of the levy payers, um, which, which is what we get from uh, financial services, is to set up a website um, and we also have a contact centre to try and deliver that advice. But we know that we can't do that alone. Um, and we know that there are some really impactful, um, innovative work that's going on not only out there in you know some of the local advice centres and some of the other charities that exist, but also in fintech, um, and it's certainly an area that we recognise that we needed to engage with because uh, we see the value in what fintechs can do. Uh, a lot of the time, we see smaller fintechs um, being really agile, being really uh, able to set things up and do things that we can do. We could, we could never build the type of digital tools that, that they're building um, at the scale at which they're doing it and you know probably at that customer reach as well. So um, I guess for us, we really wanted to try and raise our profile, try and reach out and say, you know, actually, when you are building these products and you are thinking about the outcomes of your customers, so is it, if it's savings, that's your um, your key goal, um, like, like a MESPO. If it's budgeting, that's your key goal. Um, Think about some of the outcomes frameworks that Money Advice Service have got um, and really dig into, are these the outcomes that your customers are getting and what else can you do for your customers? And that's and that's what we're we're here to do. I think it's interesting you mentioned that word outcomes because that's what I took uh, from Viraj and, and yourself is it's really about understanding how they're managing their money and what outcome they're trying to get to and, and designing for that. So talk to me about a little bit after the event, Viraj. You know, you've you've obviously uh, had some relationship with the Money Advice Service. You've uh, you've probably had some conversations. What has that dynamic looked like, and and what have you got tangibly out of the competition that you, you might have struggled with otherwise? Yeah, sure. So. Uh, well, I think on on the competition side, you know, very grateful to have the the money advice service sort of grant and 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 study as part of that because um, it's a massively respected um, institution. Um, so for us, from a credibility perspective, and proving that we are actually having an impact was a very important thing. So what we've been doing since the since since we won the award is some people in my team have been working um, with, with Mars around uh, figuring out the. The theory of change, um, and that's effectively looking at sort of the you know what's our objectives, and then what are the outcomes, and you know changing behaviours of uh, of customers, and does that actually happen? Um, and then we're engaging in a sort of evaluation consultant to kind of see if the ideas and 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 sort of the theories that we had are actually going to become are actually you know true, and looking at the data to to support that. It's using that data to measure the outcomes for those customers and see if you're really making a difference. How are you having impact? I exactly. Think is the key and so that's that's extremely valuable because you know obviously it's very easy to sit there and say we're having a huge impact, but we want to show that we really are having a huge impact. Because you can say, yeah, 275,000 customers, we think we're helping them, but actually without somebody else coming along and saying, yes, you really are, this is making a difference for them, that that kind of third-party perspective that's that's, um, really considered by the Money Advice Service can be super helpful. We wanted to let you know that if you love this show, how about seeing it live? We're going to be at Money 2020 Europe in Amsterdam this June, and we're bringing Fintech Insider live with us. 
We'll be bringing the podcast to the main stage right before the drinks reception, and you can be there. Sign up for tickets now. Go to europe.money2020.com forward slash register and use discount code 1811FS. That's 1811FS to get 200 euros off the ticket price. So let's let's take a broader step back and look at the market. Laura, you you gave us some interesting stats in terms of the the issue with financial inclusion. You know, how much of a problem is this in the UK? And uh, there's there's two million people that don't have a bank account. Is is fintech one of the ways to reach them? And and how much is uh, education a part of that from folks like the the money advice service? Do we need? Um, is it just apps? Is it just education? How do the two come together? Yeah, good question, Simon, and a complex one to answer. So I think we want to be really clear, and the government are very, very clear uh, when they set out this competition, that fintech isn't a panacea for this stuff, right? There's a whole slew of policy interventions, including the fantastic work that the Money Advice Service and many, many other charities, and I want to use this opportunity to say a massive thank you to all our community partners and charities that helped Tech City as we were putting up this competition and informed and advised us. They're doing amazing work, including work around education that you referenced. Um, so it's absolutely not a panacea, and it's, but it is an important contribution to what is a difficult problem. So when you're looking at uh, one in 33 adults in the UK who don't have a bank account, at 24% of households who have no savings at all, um, we know that 31% of people in the UK today have at least one sign of financial stress. So this is an important problem, and it's going to need lots and lots of different people working together to solve it interesting perspective on how we do that so are there other things that we've not talked about here great from your perspective that we see there's obviously the financial literacy piece and the, the some of the fintech apps what else uh, is out there what other tools are out there other than than education and apps can the, the larger organizations be doing more uh, what are the role of, of other actors in society yeah so that's a that's a really good uh, one i think the every single organization that we approached for this competition was incredibly excited to work with us on this um, and that goes for example uh, with Tizer or Tiza. I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce that there you go you know I, I'm not sure about how we pronounce things um, but this you is made me feel so much better thank you for that Greg I was out there on a limb but you rescued You're me Alda, the, the foreigner to the rescue so these are very large organizations that represent established companies and very large financial organizations right and every single one of them recognizes that if we, as, as we like to say internally, like a rising tide lifts all boats, right? And so is there a way that we can bring everyone on board and, and really bring these people uh, into the, the financial system? I think in the 2 million people without the bank account, there's a number of people who have been burnt who simply do not want a bank account because they didn't like the um, experience. And I think that they didn't like the experience thing is, is something I want to follow up with, with Miles because it, it's not just a fintech story here. There's a, there's a large organization story here. Uh, so in the work you're doing, do you see competitions like this potentially influencing larger organizations? Is that, a, is that a hope and aspiration or is there a reality there to that? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think we we definitely do see competitions like this uh, raising the profile of what can be done um, in 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 this area. Um, we've we've spoken to some financial services organisations that we have that sit on uh, some of the financial capability strategy steering groups that we we run, um, and actually they've been really interested in in the list of fintechs before the awards were even given out. Um, they definitely recognise that this is the area in which they can make some impactful stuff happen. Happen uh, for for normal people, and um, I think they really just want to find out if there's going to be something that they can integrate within their existing business. And I and I think that's that's really what they're looking for is is that partnership. Simon, just to sort of add on the day, um, we also won another award, which was uh, Experience Spotlight Award. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> Mr. Two Awards. Uh, the reason I mention it is 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 because of your question, but. Um, you know what's been really interesting is we've been working very very closely with Experian um, and probably come up with potentially up to sort of 10 ways of working together which is you know incredible for an organization of that size to show this level of interest they are so conscious about the number of people who are not getting the right credit ratings and the data that's going into that is not necessarily correct um, they also understand that there's you know there's a duty to be giving people the the right information so that if they should be getting access to credit then they are able to and you know and I think it's interesting around the numbers here because there's you know I would say don't it's, it's important not to focus too much just on the two million that don't have the bank accounts of course that's extremely crucial but there's also probably another eight million who fit all the other categories that Laura you know Laura referred to around you know uh, showing signs of financial stress or not being able to get uh, a small amount of credit or not getting insurance or savings you know, these are these are fundamental products to our financial stability that a huge part of the population don't have access to which can make a real difference to outcomes for people uh you can put a human face on somebody not struggling in financial stress versus somebody struggling uh you can also i think imagine uh, a different uh result for the wider economy i mean if people aren't struggling financially they they potentially have more disposable income they potentially become home buyers and and so on so there's a whole lot there but miles you said an interesting word you said integrate uh, is, is what they want to do. And we were talking a little bit before the show about uh, at 11FS, some of the work we do is really dealing with the fact that banks struggle to integrate anything at all. And it's almost uh, learning from Pocket um, in terms of what they do in their own apps and, and their own experience, working with the likes of Equifax to collect more data to, to get around that. Um, but I wonder, is Pocket more of a signal of what's to come from them? Because it will take uh, some time to change. And, and I guess that leads me to, to my question, uh, Laura and, and Greg. Do you plan to run more competitions? And, and really, what's the follow-up from this going to be? Is is it going to be a one and done? Or are, are we going to see more? Do we think we'll see bigger organisations involved? So, um, Greg and I are a fairly new team at Tech City UK. So, we have been in post for about nine months. So, the FinTech for All competition was a priority for us last year. This year, we've got two priorities. One is to be the Secretariat to the FinTech Delivery Panel. This is a really exciting forum that the Treasury set up last year. It's chaired by Eileen Burbage, the FinTech Special Envoy. She's also the chair of Tech City UK. And that group includes a bunch of leading entrepreneurs, FinTech entrepreneurs from right across the UK. So the likes of TransferWise, Monzo, Starling Bank, Market Invoice, many, many others. And they sit alongside the banks and insurers with the FCA and the Treasury to really design and develop industry-led initiatives that make sure that we remain 
first globally for fintech here in the UK. So that's a huge piece of work for us. We've also just recently set up under the fintech delivery panel something that's called the InsureTech Board, which reports into the fintech delivery panel and serves the same purpose, but with an InsureTech focus. So all the insurers and exciting UK InsureTechs are again in the room with the Treasury having those sorts of conversations. So that's a big piece of work for us. And uh, exciting also this year is our our launch of a specialist program to support high growth scaling fintechs. So we are quite busy at Mm. Tech City. However, the competition has had a lot of interest. We took the winners to number 10 Downing Street to have a roundtable there. And so we would be excited to run more competitions in the future. Uh, well, I guess we're going to keep our eyes peeled. Uh, it's, it's a mystery. Uh, we, we may see more, we may not. Uh, but I, I'm curious, Miles, uh, what do you think's next for, for your journey uh, and the Money Advice Services journey with, with this competition, with fintech more broadly? I think the, the competition certainly gave us a uh, a route into to the fintech market and world. Um, when I went around the, the competition um, on, on the day, that there are a few organisations who had heard of us. Uh, I th- I'd say the, the main ones who were, who were shortlisted, but there, there, were, there were quite a few also who, who hadn't. Um, they're perhaps new entrants, um, smaller scale. But I, I think it's important that for us, Money Advice Service uh, is kind of front of mind uh, for, for people in this space because we really want to um, look at how we can evaluate these financial technology companies and whether the outcomes that they're looking to achieve is is there more that they can do you know is are there is there something else they can do is there something that they can do with some of the other fintechs that they're working with to create something that's bigger than themselves uh, i think we're certainly looking for um things that can be game changers for for us um, and the potential for that is you know is i think it's huge at the moment Yeah, we actually did a a little report on following up the competition, which can be found if you Google uh, FinTech for All. And we asked some of the uh, VCs who are interested in investing in this space what they want to see next. So we have put on our website some of the trends that they want to see. People like Mustard Seed, Bethnal Green Ventures are out there, know about this problem and excited to support up and coming FinTechs to help solve it. Exciting times. Um, and uh, across Farage, where can people find out more about what you're doing and what's coming next? Sure. So um, best place to find us is on our website, uh, pocket.com, and that's pocket uh, with an I. Um, the future, I mean, is is going to be super exciting. I mean, we really just have so, so much on at the moment. I would, I would sort of categorize it into three areas. One is obviously just continuing to grow in the UK and just continuing to find you know, new ways of reaching the target customer and solving their problems. Uh, the second is around extending our product set. So we are, you know, launching a whole bunch of new products over the coming months, uh, from lending to credit building to insurance. Um, so we're we're super excited about that, and our customers have been screaming for that. So we, so it's, it's really important that we make sure we can meet their needs and do it in the in the right way, like you know, like we always try to. Um, and then the third piece, which is also um, really exciting for us, is uh, we'll probably make our our first sort of step into an international market, uh, probably by the end of this year which is uh, exciting moving international uh how about yourself miles um where can people find out more about the money advice service yeah so so you can just uh, firstly go to our website i'd say uh moneyadviceservice.org.uk um and there you'll see our general consumer offering you'll also see some links to um 
some of our partnerships uh, work as well. Um, I'd also say just to just to add on to some of the stuff that I've, I've spoken about, there is, uh, you know, we we constantly do research in in this area, and one of the number one things that each of the fintechs that I spoke to um, have said is that customer insight is extremely important, um, and particularly for this group in which the money vice service deems or terms as squeezed and struggling, um, who would be this this group of uh, either having low financial capability or you know struggle to access the financial services market um, we have so much research on them we're continuing to do more um, so if fintechs are looking to try and refine their products in the best way possible our insight can help them to do that and to be honest it's in our interests to, to ensure that the fintechs that are out there are um, reaching these customers in, in the best way possible with the best products I think it's uh, frankly phenomenal service and uh, I'm very pleased to live in a country where it exists. There's another organization who can't be here today. Um, where can people find out more about those? Uh, Greg, do you want to cover for them? Sure. Happy to, to give them a, a shout out. Um, so it's Mespo um, and people can go on mespo.co.uk. They have a very brightly color website. So, it is. Uh, it's, it's yellow and pink it is and everything. Yellow, I'm liking yeah, the bright, brightness. Bright yellow, uh, which is great. Interestingly enough, um, and we didn't plan that. Pockets team is also yellow, so we had a very <laughs> yellow, uh, vibrant, vibrant set of finalists, which which was great for our design because it fit wonderfully well. So you made the the joy of our designer. Um, but yes, mespo.co.uk um, and its founder Lucas, um, great guy and a great company. Check them out. Check out the shortlisted win- uh, shortlisted uh, companies as well: Calgara, Credscope. Um, and Air, also doing some amazing work. Yeah, no, all great companies. Uh, and where can people find out more about Tech City UK and its future name as well? Well, we are, um, we're really excited about changing to Tech Nation. That's going to happen um, in April. So just watch this space um, as we grow and evolve and get bigger and better. Uh, well, that's it for this show. Unfortunately, we've got to end it here. Um, it's been a real pleasure having you all with us. Um, and it's been a real pleasure having uh, you at uh, wherever you are listening to this podcast. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you like what you hear, please do subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes. We love reading those reviews. And uh, tell your friends. That's all for now. Mm-hmm.